I'm a little overwhelmed by this parable. I've been studying it all this week. And as I mentioned last week, parables are, they're, they're, you hear them in one place and you think, oh, this is an interesting story and not too complicated. But when you start getting into them, there's a lot there. There's a lot to parables. There's a surprising ways that this parable is challenging us this week, or challenging, I found it challenging for me in my own life. But also the way that it's encouraging that God is speaking to us. But in this parable, it's about the kingdom of God, and not only by the parable, but also understanding what the kingdom of God is like. We see how, how miraculous the kingdom is, how amazing it is, how fruitful it is. The hard thing for me sometimes is that sometimes people don't get the kingdom of God. You know, because I love what God has done. I see the kingdom. I see God's good news. And I, it, I feel it in my own life. And it's hard when I see when, when people don't get it. You know, I see something that I say, that is a miracle. And someone says, mm, maybe that's just something rare that doesn't happen very often that I think there's maybe a different explanation. Or I see something that in my life, I say, God is at work. This is providence. This is God working my life. And they think, maybe it's just coincidence. Maybe it's just luck. See, it's hard sometimes for people to see the kingdom of God. I mean, we know this. This is all around us. I mean, Jesus, he even knew this would happen. He said that, the, that wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And a lot of people choose it. But narrow is the gate. Small is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few people find it. Do you know that in the Kootenays, I mean, there's different numbers that go around, but it's around 3% of people are Christian in the Kootenays. 3%. It's pretty hard for me sometimes. I start thinking about how much I love God, how much I realize how much God loves me, and how many people, 97 out of 100, are missing that. I mean, think about this room right here. There aren't quite 100 of us here, but imagine if only three people in this room knew this new life in Jesus. Imagine if only three of them. This is sort of what it's like in the Kootenays, generally speaking. There are a lot of people who live around us who don't know this new life that we have found in Christ, this hope that we have in Christ. Jesus talked about this. And in, in, in this parable this morning, he says that there's like, it's like a farmer who goes out and sows seed. He starts scattering seed and, and he even spreads it on the road. This hard road that's been packed down either by people walking on it or carts going over it. And it's packed. And you can see, you can see as he throws down the seeds, they just hit the hard ground and they bounce. And they just sit there on top. They don't go into the soil. They don't start. They just sit there. He said it's like this, like the birds come by and they eat the seed. He said it's the same way that Satan comes by and takes the seed or the word that has been sown in people's lives. He takes it out. He steals it from them before it can even take root. Sometimes I wonder what makes this ground so hard. It's interesting, like oftentimes people talk about this, the, the parable of the sower, but it's, if you think about it, it's a lot about the parable of the soil, the different types of soil. But what makes this ground so hard? For some people, I think maybe it's a hardness of heart. You know, things have happened in their lives. Things have happened to them. And they have a hard time trusting God. You know, something's gone really wrong, and they say, where was God in that? That horrible thing that happened to me. Maybe it was something, maybe it was a marriage that's gone bad. Maybe it was something else, something horrible. And they say, where was God in that? Like, how can I trust God? They have this hardness of heart. But some people have kind of a hard head. Sometimes it's pride. 
Sometimes pride, people say, like, I don't need this crutch. You know, you guys need God and religion. I don't need that. I can do it on my own. I've actually, I, I think I know the right answer anyways. But some people actually struggle with it too. They want to believe. They just know, like, how do you explain these things? How do we explain this Jesus and this God who became human? This God who died and rose again? Like, these are paradoxes of our faith that, that are hard to grasp sometimes. So we see that, that sometimes the ground is hard. It's, maybe it's a hardness of heart. Maybe it's a hardness of head. But as I think about the Kootenays, sometimes I get discouraged by this. Because I love God. I love Jesus. I love what he has done to me and I know that he loves me and I want people to see this. I, see the way he is, I know the way that he has changed my own life, the difference he has made in me. And as I talk with many of you, you can tell me stories of how your lives were different before you knew Christ and how he's changed you and how much we want this for our friends, for our neighbors, our co-workers. And so it can be discouraging sometimes as I think about the people that we live with, our neighbors, our friends, and that they don't, they don't get it. Sometimes I'm discouraged. Talking with some of you, I know that sometimes you are too. Do you ever feel that? You know, like for years we've been praying for our friends or talking with them again and again, looking for those ways to encourage them in faith and they still just say thanks but no thanks. Now I know God wants us to keep going. He wants us to keep encouraging them, keep praying for them. I know this and we're going to get to this. But I just want to at least acknowledge this. That sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for us. It's discouraging sometimes just to see how often, how long it's been and our friends still are not, they still don't know this new life of Jesus. So God is talking about, Jesus is talking about this in this parable, but sometimes it's hard for people to get it. They hear the same gospel we do and it's just hard. It's hard for them to get it. But it's interesting too, as Jesus begins to talk about this parable more, he talks about some other soils. And, and here we begin to get the multifacets of this parable as God, as Jesus challenges us. Did you notice, did you begin to wonder about this, that he challenges us in this parable? God is calling, or Jesus is calling for commitment. There's really no middle way with Christ. You notice, I've, I've looked through the scriptures quite a bit. I mean, I've been studying it for years. And I've never seen the place where Jesus says, come, follow me when it's convenient for you. Come and follow me when you've got a few extra hours in the week or come devote to me anything that's left over from what you don't need. He never says that. No, he's always calling for commitment. And it's interesting as this, I see the way this, this text is challenging. It's hard for sometimes when people come to faith and then they fall away. It's hard. Jesus said there will be people who will be like, they, they lack roots in their faith. It's like seed that's thrown out over the rocks. It's, the shoot comes up quickly, but there are no roots, and when the sun comes, it burns up. It dries out and withers. What's interesting here is that Jesus says that it sprouts up quickly. There's a, there's a sprout here. There's growth here. It looks like a plant. This is, I would say, something like a Christian. There's a plant here. It's not producing fruit or anything, but there's a plant here. But when trouble comes, when trouble comes, the plant withers and goes away. It dies away. Maybe it's something hard in life comes. Maybe it's persecution because of faith. But when that comes, the plant just dissolves. The faith is gone. People stumble and fall. I think part of it is because people, our faith is about a relationship with Christ. Christ. 
It's about a relationship with the living God. As covenanters, we have this affirmation of this necessity for new birth. What they mean by that is this personal relationship with God. Not just that we're going through the motions, not that we just subscribe to a bunch of doctrines and theologies, but that we have a relationship with the living God. That's what faith is meant to be. Not just a bunch of stuff that we do, a bunch of rituals that we go through, but this relationship with God, knowing how much God loves us, accepting that and wanting to spend time with Him. So we need this relationship with God. That's the roots that Jesus is getting at here, is this relationship with Him that will sustain us when trouble comes. But He also said, too, that there will be other people who their, their faith or their, their faith in God, their, their following of the Gospel will be choked out. They'll be distracted by the things of this world. You know, maybe they still say the right things, still go to all the right functions, but they're consumed by the worries of this world. They're consumed by the anxieties of things like success. Am I as happy as I'm supposed to be? As I'm as powerful as I'm supposed to be or as as content as I'm supposed to be? These anxieties that people feel. And he says sometimes, too, they're deceived by wealth. The idea that, you know, I, I don't really need anybody. I can pay for whatever I want to. I've got a car and a house. I don't need to rely on my neighbors for stuff. If I really need it, I just go into town and get it. I have my you know, health care. Nobody needs to take, out, take care of me. People become deceived by wealth. And he says, too, sometimes they, they get caught up in all the stuff of this world. More and more stuff. They're distracted. And he says all of these anxieties, all of these, these misleadings lead to unfruitfulness. He said there's still a stalk and a, and a head and leaves, but there's no fruit. They're unfruitful. And I was thinking about this, is that I think, and it occurred to me the difference between grass and grain. Some people grow up like grass. It's beautiful. It's green, it looks great, but you can't eat it. There's no fruit from it. Versus grain. It's coarse, not so great to look at all the time, but it produces grain, it produces a crop. You can make it the flour into food. God is looking for grain. He's looking for fruit in our lives. Fruitfulness that comes from faithfulness. You see, the challenging thing, I think, is the thing that's maybe surprising to us is that these two soils, the the rocky soil and the the thorny or the thistles, this soil, both of these, they're both Christians. They're both people who would say, like, I believe. If you were to ask them, are you a Christian? These are both the groups who would probably say, yeah. These are the people that make it in church for a while, maybe a few months, maybe a few years. When you ask them if they believe, they say, yeah, I believe. But there's no fruit. And when trouble comes, they're gone. See, Jesus had this idea of belief, and sometimes we get it wrong. We think belief is, yeah, I, I, I agree with these certain theological doctrines. That's a great thing to, that's a great part. <laughs> but that's not what belief is. Belief is more than that. Belief is following. Jesus is always calling people to follow him. And when he did say, whoever believes into me will not perish but have everlasting life, the belief, the word he's using here, has the Hebrew idea of belief. The Hebrew idea 
is that the way you talk and the way you act have to line up. And if we're going to go with either one or the other, it's going to be the way you act. That's belief. That's what you really believe. What you say you believe is nice, and, but what, the way you really live, that's what you believe. See, in the Hebrew world, these two were connected. You couldn't say, I believe, and then live differently. You couldn't say that I believe in Jesus and I devote my life to him and then just go right on about your business. The two were connected. The two were connected. So he's calling his people to belief. Calling us to, to hear the word and to embrace it and produce fruit. You see, if we're not producing fruit, if we're not producing fruit of our faith, we have to ask, where's the fruit at? Or what do I really believe if there, aren't, if there is no fruit? See, I told you this parable was challenging. It's challenging for me. I feel it. Where, is the, where are the roots, where are my lacking roots in my life? So that when trouble comes, that I, I start to fail. My faith wavers. Where am I lacking fruit in my life? I get so wrapped up in myself that I'm not producing the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the, of the Gospel, the good news. Is it my relationships? My relationships with God, with, with my wife, with my kids, with you, my friends, my family? Am I just going through the motions? Showing up at the right times, saying the right things? You see, God, is, Jesus is calling for something more. He's calling for us to sell out to devote our lives to Him, to put everything we have at His disposal. He's not saying, you know, follow me if, if it's convenient for you. Come on and, and, and do what I've asked you to do or, or follow the teachings that I've given you, you know, as long as it doesn't, doesn't too much interfere with the rest of your life or it's not, if it's uncomfortable. I find this really challenging because I too get wrapped up in the worries of this world. I too am deceived by wealth. I too struggle with wanting more and more stuff. He's calling us to faithfulness. This parable is a challenge to us as well. To us who believe this parable is a challenge. This parable is also good news. This is my favorite part of this parable. It's a parable about the sower who goes and he, he throws seed out. And some of it lands on good soil. Some of it lands on pretty hard soil, but some of it lands on good soil too. And it produces fruit. There will be some who will hear this gospel and they will grab onto it and it will change their life and they will produce fruit. 30 and 60 and 100 times more. They will produce fruit. They will get it. For the seeds that land on rocks and thorns and thistles, the seeds that land on hard-packed roads, there will be seeds that land in dark, rich soil and they'll produce fruit. More than we imagine. This miraculous and surprising growth. 30 and 60 and 100 times. Imagine if you had a field that was 30 acres and it produced 3,000 acres of crop. This is the miracle of the Kingdom of God. It does more than we ever imagined. So for as much as there are hard soils or places where seeds land and it doesn't seem to go right, it just takes one and it goes crazy. There's this miraculous harvest. I hear God speaking encouragement to us. And maybe you're wondering what this seed, maybe you're wondering what this fruit looks like. And what does this fruit look like? 
when I start thinking about the fruit of the kingdom of God, you know what I see? I see this church packed with people. I see this church filled, people standing shoulder to shoulder, praising God with all of their heart. Because they are in a real relationship with Him. They're not going through the motions. They're, they love God. So I see you here, and I see your friends, your co-workers, the people that you spend time with, the people that you fish with, the people that you knit with. I see that lady from the office down the hall or that guy who works on the other side of the job site. I see them here, praising God and worshiping Him, following Christ with all their heart because they found new life in Him. I see our neighbors here, the people that we talk to and we keep praying for. I see our family, our kids, our sisters and our brothers, and be our parents. I see them here. I see the fruits of this kingdom in our community. Things different here. No one has to live alone anymore. People who move here and take years to meet people, they come and, and they're met. They're cared for. The weak are cared for. The poor are lifted out of poverty or helped out of poverty. We take care of justice, compassion, and mercy. It's a community that reflects the kingdom of God where people are cared for. These are the, the fruits of the gospel. These are the fruits of the kingdom that I see. And the good news is, when, when the seed hits good ground, this is what happens. This is the miraculous thing that God does through it. So I hear a lot of things. I hear God challenging us through this, through this parable, but more than anything, I hear God encouraging us. Take heart. Be encouraged. Be strong and courageous. Because if you throw out those seeds, good things will happen. Maybe not in every case, but it will happen. So throw out the seeds. Let them fly. Let the seeds fly. Throw them out and and sow seeds of this gospel because there will be good things. Christ has called us. He says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And truly, I will be with you to the very end, to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. Cast the seeds. Did you notice that Christ, that he was talking about the sower, that seeds were thrown everywhere? He wasn't evaluating whether this is hard pack or rock. He just threw the seeds. He just spread the good news everywhere. It's this decadent, this surprisingly reckless proclamation of the gospel. He keeps throwing out the seeds over rocks, over roads, over thistles. He keeps throwing out the seeds. Let the seeds fly. And then we trust God with this. We don't have to evaluate soils and, 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 and just pinch them out one at a time. The kingdom of God is abundant. Let the seeds fly. You don't have to worry and gauge whether these are rocks or thistles or is this ground too hard? Will, this, will seeds grow here? Let them fly. Proclaim the gospel. Keep praying for your friends, for your neighbors and your coworkers, the people that you spend time with. Keep praying for them. Keep finding ways to encourage them in faith. You don't have to be a belligerent about it. You don't have to put them off by talking about it. But find ways to encourage them. To encourage them of this new life that they could have in Christ. Keep praying for them. Let the seeds fly. Let the seeds fly because one day things will be made apparent to them. They will see the kingdom. They will see God's work in their lives and they'll see the, way that he's, the life that he's always intended for them. Let the seeds fly. Don't be discouraged and take heart. Let the seeds fly. Amen.